This is the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, where we talk about inclusive education, why it works, and how to make it happen. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Lauren Tindor. Lauren is an inclusion facilitator with NJCIE. Today, we talk about how physical education classes can be adapted to include all students, including those students with disabilities. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. I'm your host, Arthur Aston, and I am excited to welcome my guest on today's podcast, Lauren Tindorf. So Lauren, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be a part of this. Yes. So uh, to start off the podcast, I always ask a form of this question, and that is for my guests to share a little bit about themselves with us. Uh, so can you share, um, you know, things you like to do for fun, a little bit about your educational background, um, and, you know, all those kinds of things? <laughs> of course. So I received my undergrad degree in health and physical education. I was a high school health and PE teacher for about five years. I started as adapted PE and then we got it into an inclusive PE program. I received my master's in motor learning and control. And I did my thesis on children with cerebral palsy and the connections that can be remade between uh, the brain and their affected hands. And then I received my doctorate in curriculum and teaching in phys ed with a focus on how students with disabilities perceive inclusive physical education. So really trying to see if there's a disconnect between how students with disabilities experience physical education to help improve our teaching practices. Um, I've worked for Special Olympics for a number of years. I volunteered. I have always wanted to and I've always loved working with teachers on creating these inclusive environments so that we can have all of our students succeeding. And things that I like to do for fun. Oh, that's a tough one because I don't know how much time I have on the side. I do enjoy reading. I love reading books. I love watching true crime. That's probably the biggest thing that I do in my free time. And then spending a lot of time with my uh, rescue dog. She's taking a lot of work out of me. So working with her. <laughs> Great. Yes, I also enjoy reading. It's um. It's so interesting. I moved recently and I have a huge bookshelf and um, my friends who were helping me move, they said, have you read all of these books? I said, yeah, at one point or another. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, you know, so that's, that's really great that you uh, like to read and you have a rescue dog. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate what you said about, um, you know, you said working with the teachers to make the inclusive environment work for everybody. That is... Um, I say it a lot in this podcast, but that is something that a lot of people bring up who I uh, have as guests on the podcast. They talk about collaborating and making sure that everybody is involved and everybody is on the same page about the, um, you know, inclusion and, and what it is that you want to see happen in that, um, you know, in that school environment. So that's really, uh, really great that, that you mentioned that as well. Um, so the next question I have for you is, how would you define inclusive education? So I would define inclusive education as a looking in our classrooms that all students of all ability levels, it 
disabilities, lower skilled, higher skills, everybody is working together for the common goal. So whatever our lessons are trying to focus on, but really including every every student, every body inside of our classrooms so that all of our students can succeed. That's as teachers, we are teaching all students. There is not, we're not focused on one group. We are focused on educating all of our students. So if we could really create these environments where all students are together and we can provide the modifications that we may need or different changes to rules, whatever it can be, so that all of our students can be successful and learn in the same environment together. That's great. You're, like you said, you're educating everybody. You know, that's the, uh, that's the key thing. It's not a, um, a separate thing, uh, you know, for students with disabilities over here and everybody else over there. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's really awesome. Um, you know, that you mentioned that. And um, as a follow-up question to that, was there a particular um, something that happened in your life that made you interested in the world of inclusive education? How did you um, choose this path? <laughs> yeah, so that is, that's a loaded question. I feel like I've, my career path has changed so many times. Um, that when I started out teaching, I, I didn't have background of working with kids with disabilities. It, in my family, I don't have anybody who had a disability. I wasn't around them. And throughout my student teaching experiences, I really started to find my passion working with kids with disabilities and learning and seeing the milestones be accomplished and getting through challenging tasks. And life had was giving me all these opportunities when I went for my master's. And my advisor was a big researcher in the field of cerebral palsy. So he took me under his wing and I got to learn all the intricacies that he had known and the knowledge. And then when I started teaching, I did not feel as prepared as I, looking back as I should have been to working with kids with disabilities. So it was a lot of me doing research and sometimes it was a total failure on my end as a teacher with different things that I was trying to do but I didn't want my kids by themselves. I knew that they should not be. Why are my kids with disabilities not included for sport? Sport is sport. And that was kind of where I started to change where my path was going to be and really focus on inclusive education and working with teachers that I don't, I didn't feel that teachers always felt prepared to work with kids with disabilities in the gym setting. And I, that's why my doctorate had changed for what I initially wanted to do with the focus on curriculum and instruct curriculum and teaching and with that focus on inclusive education so that I had the knowledge for curriculums and how can we write curriculums how can we develop curriculums and how can we work with teachers to say hey kids with disabilities are supposed to be in the gym and working together with their peers sport is sport and I will continue to work and help teachers at whatever facet they need to really promote inclusive education because it is so important and vital. We know what the benefits are being in the realm of inclusive education. So trying to get everybody else to understand that and so that they can see the differences that it does make in everybody's educational background and just in life in general. Yeah, that um, it is. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation so much because I, um, when, as soon as we were talking about like topics that we could talk about and you mentioned the uh, physical education um, part and, and your background in physical education, I 
immediately thought about myself as a, a wheelchair user all through my high school uh, time in high school. The um, physical education teachers were always looking for ways to make sure I was included. Mm -hmm. And being that I use a manual wheelchair, I push myself. Um, you know, on the nice days, everybody had to do a mile out on the school track. And the physical mm -hmm. education teacher looked at me and said, and you will too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you will too. You know, you may not get a mile done. You don't have yeah. to, you, know, you can't physically run it. But like you will go around as many times as you can in this time that we have with everybody else. And, you know, then they would eventually say, and we'll, we'll give you one or two friends that can go with you. Like, so that was the big thing with everybody. Oh, I want to walk with Arthur. <laughs> so they didn't have to run it, but, <laughs> you know, so that was like the really, uh, the really big thing. Um, but just to, again, going back to, like you said, with the collaboration of how everybody just works together to make it happen, to, to come together um, and just have, uh, you know, everybody included. And, and that was, you know, I graduated many years ago. And to think that, you know, maybe the conversation of inclusion wasn't like a really big thing then, but it's like they were, they were doing it without doing, without knowing it probably at that time to say, okay, he can physically do certain things. So we're going to have him included in these, in these gym classes. <laughs> you know, yeah. thankfully I wasn't part of the dodgeball uh, games or anything like that, but <laughs> Yeah, but they, they did have me uh, doing, you know, quite a bit of things, um, you know, during the physical education classes that I can remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I had, um, as I was doing my research and for my dissertation, it was really understanding perspective. So I never had mentioned a disability and it was if the students brought it up that we could talk about it. But if not as an outsider and really trying to understand their perceptions, I didn't want to bring up a disability. I wanted to see if they related to it. Did they identify with having one? What was the situation? Because I'm, as an able-bodied person, I can see things, I see things differently than what my students were doing. And one of the things that had come up, and when you had mentioned the wheelchair, it, reminded, it always resonates. I had one of the students who was involved in their warm-up games that were outside on the turf, and I for a portion of the game he would play but then he would come and he would be on the sidelines and he would sit next to me and we would talk and I had asked him if he wanted to keep playing or why did he play for a little bit and sit on the side and it had come out that the turf was so hard for him to move himself around and it was for me as I was no longer teaching at the time but it was oh my goodness I always thought as a teacher I was doing such that I was doing the best thing and we're going outside and we're going on the turf and we're taking advantage of the beautiful days. And then when he had said that the wheelchair was harder to roll on the turf, I was like, I never even thought about that. And then it even more started to get me into, okay, what are the, what else can I do? Because I didn't think about things. And it was, it, to me, it was a huge learning moment where it was, okay, we have more that we need to get out of our students with disabilities and their perceptions to see what they really need from me and what do they need from the rest of their teachers to help them. Wow, that is, um, that's so interesting because it's, you know, like you said, you're thinking you're doing the, you know, the best thing that's possible. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, like, this is kind of, <laughs> kind of hard, <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, I love learning from my students. That's the, I think that's like you had your experience and you enjoy doing that. And I, I 
I welcome all those perceptions and hearing it from individuals who are living in this moment. Yes. And it, again, it goes back to what we were saying before about the collaboration and involving everybody, including the students, you know, mm -hmm. in these conversations, because they, they have a voice. And like you said, their lived experience is, you know, the best education for everybody. It's the best learning experience for everybody to, to hear mm -hmm. from them, uh, themselves who are actually living, uh, you know, the disabled experience and they can, um, you know, share what it is that, that they need, um, you know, to make it better for them and, and uh, make it more inclusive for them. So that's, yeah. um, that's great. So um, we've been talking about it this whole conversation. Um, but your dissertation, like you said, was on the uh, perceptions of students with disabilities and in inclusive physical education um, settings. Can you share with us, um, because I, off the top of my head, you're the first um, person that has a physical education background that I've had on the podcast to talk about this. Um, so, which again, it, it's so important that, you know, children, all the children in the class are included in physical education, including those with disabilities. So can you share what some of the modifications that physical edu education teachers can make to their class to their class experiences so that they are more inclusive for everyone? Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost is equipment. There's so much equipment that is out there. And I, if I can find different ways to use standard equipment, I'm going to do that. So there's no reason to say that I can't use beach balls when we're playing handball or using beach balls for soccer or basketball. So changing just what piece of equipment you're using in your inclusive classes can really help the game for all students. So a lighter ball is going to move a little bit slower or you can deflate a soccer ball if you don't have the slow roller soccer balls that exist. There's different pieces of equipment that have bells in them. So students who have visual impairments or need another focus, a different type of sensory item has a basket, uh, um, oh my goodness, has a bell inside of it. So it can draw more attention to it. So equipment, first and foremost, I think is huge to help create these more inclusive classrooms. The second is rules of the game. I have always said that I have, I'm not going to have somebody come into my gym from the NBA watching to see if I'm playing basketball by what the NBA rules are. And I, then I laugh even more because oh, they double dribble and they travel in the NBA that doesn't get called. So I don't, my kids are double dribbling and traveling. That's fine. <laughs> so creating your own rules. And that's where I really would talk to my students about what modifications work for them. So I had, when I taught and I had a student who was a wheelchair user, I had asked him because dribbling for him is going to look very different than how my students are who are running and walking. So I asked him, I said, what modification do you want to do? So he said, I want to put the basketball on my lap and I want three seconds before defense can get on me. I said, okay, let's do it. So we did. And the class would start to count down from three. So they got to the end. So it was, you got this sense of, he was building his self-esteem. Everybody was excited. So I was able to change the rules for what worked for my individual students to make the class more fun and beneficial for them. And I think that just leads into a third point of just talking with your students is I can I can create modifications that I think work or that I have used that had worked, but students with disabilities also know 
they know what they can do and how they may be able to manipulate an object in a way that I haven't even thought of, or they may create a modification that actually is way better than anything I would have thought of. So they're, they're being able to advocate for themselves as to what they need to be successful in the class. And then it in, in turn benefits them because they're more engaged. We're building their self-confidence. They're able to really talk for themselves and not have me doing it for them. So working definitely with the students as to what other modifications are there. I love learning from them. And I, if I could give back a portion of what my students with disabilities have taught me about my teachings and how to create these environments, I try to aim to give back some of it. And I don't know if I ever will, because they've always taught me more things. Yeah, that's, um, that's usually how it goes. It's, you know, you're, it's like you, you go into something expecting one thing. And then, like you said, they, uh, you know, you learn 10, 10 more yeah. things. And <laughs> yeah, I always, I would, <laughs> I would get some of the kids, um, towards the end of the marking periods, I would let them create different obstacle courses. So when we had all the gym space for their inclusive PE class, they could use whatever equipment they want and they'd be split up into groups and do an obstacle course. And what was fun is you got to see them start to strategize for what their other peers were able to do. So if they knew some of their students were really quick, they would try to figure out, okay, how can we slow them down in this obstacle course? Or they would they would take into consideration our wheelchair user and, okay, well, he's not going to be able to go under this hula hoop or through it. So how can we create something that he's able to do? So then I got to see more. It was kind of a, a second objective for what the lesson was, but how they were able to modify and adapt other equipment, which we then we could use for other activities or other games that they were doing, but they were doing it all on their own. And it's so amazing how fast other children pick up on things and understand things. Yeah, <laughs> that we yeah it feel, really is incredible. Yeah, I feel sometimes like we don't give children much credit for those kinds of things. They, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, so, you know, this child who's a wheelchair user has to, he won't be able to dribble the ball. So he has to have mm -hmm. the ball on his lap. Okay, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and they, make it, they add it part, you know, like you said, they make it part of the whole experience. Okay, he needs three seconds before we can actually try to get the ball or whatever from him. So, all right, let's all count down and then let's all go get him. Yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. Yeah, and he'd start laughing. Like, I I can picture it. He, he loved it. And it uh -huh. was, I got him, he was not a student who always, not everybody loves PE, but this is, it's not a secret. Is that not meant? we have a good number of kids who like it. Other kids don't want for whatever reasons there are. And it PE for him was hard. And this class, anytime there was basketball, he would crack up. Like he loved it because he thought it was so funny that after three seconds of what, what his rule was, everybody was coming. They were getting to him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like you said, if you, you know, if you had a certain activity where the other children realized that like, okay, this would be difficult for this, you know, for my classmate to get through, like, how can we, how can we help figure this out for, you know, for them? Um, it just, it, it just makes everything so much better. And, um, you know, for everyone, and especially like at a young age, um, you know, for elementary school children to have these experiences interacting with, um, you know, 
people their age, children, other children their age who have disabilities, so that when they get older and get out into the real world, it's like, oh, I remember Johnny who was in my, you know, third grade class. <laughs> you know, it's no yeah. big deal. Um, that's what I say all the time about my friends and uh, their children and, and um, spending time with them and letting them uh, being able to ask me questions about my wheelchair or about my braces, my leg braces and my crutches or, uh, you know, why if, if I take my braces off, why can't I walk? Why do I have to crawl around? Um, you know, so it's not a big deal to them when they start school, when they go to school and see that the new student who just moved into town has to use a wheelchair. They can say, oh, a guy comes to my house all the time in a wheelchair. You know, it's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just had a, um, a uh, this past weekend, I was at an event and one of my friends who I've known since we were in ninth grade, um, I was telling the story about her and I, I met her my very first day of ninth grade. She walks up to me and she tells me her name and she says, my brother uses a wheelchair. I know how to help transfer. I know how to do this. And, and you know, if you need help, everybody knows me, <laughs> you know, go to the office. They can find out what class I'm in, whatever you need, find me, <laughs> you know, wow. and we're, 40, we're 42 this year and we're still the best of friends. And it's, yeah. um, it's just really, really great because it, 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 it does provide that, um, that connection and, um, it, it lets the other children know, like in the PE class, that like, okay, they have to do things differently, but they can still participate, you know, yeah. and, and we can all still participate too. And like, you know, like you said, you give them the three second countdown and then we can go get him like we would go get everybody else and try to get yeah. them. So, and it, everything, it, it all goes in together. So like with equipment, there's, I, I always call it just a nubby ball because it makes me think of, um, it. It's not, it's not a dog toy, but there's a, there's a stuffed, there's a stuffed toy and it has little like spikes. It's going to sound like it's dangerous and I promise it's not, but it is, it's like a rubber, it's a rubber ball, but it gives a different texture. So mm -hmm. for my students, when we're playing handball, the gator ball, or what typically would be called the dodgeball mm -hmm. back when we would be in PE, mm -hmm. um, it slips out of students' hands. So they weren't catching it. And it wasn't because they couldn't catch, but that material was too slippery for them. So when we changed the equipment with that ball, all the kids were able to catch it. And it was, it didn't matter if you had a disability or not. Everybody started, the whole game started to just increase in skill and teamwork and sportsmanship. Nobody's getting frustrated about what's happening because it's too slippery they're able to catch the ball and it really it worked for everybody and nobody there was nobody that was singled out for whatever it could be they everybody really was just working together to achieve that goal for handball for the class which is what our goal is for inclusive education that everybody works together with whatever modifications we need and everybody succeeds yes I, again, I love this conversation because we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. And it's, it's so important to, um, to talk about because like for myself who I, I can't walk for long distances, but I can push myself in my wheelchair for long distances. So physical activity is so important for people with, um, physical disabilities, but then also just um, for everybody to break up the day, the school day, to get out and have some activity, release some energy. 
um, you know, it, it's so important for everybody. So I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, that we're having this conversation. This is really, really cool. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I love talking about it. I love movement. So any chance I can get anybody to get up and move and knowing that they can do it. And that's, that's always my focus is focus on what people can do. There's so many times people are hit. They know that they can't do certain things uh -huh. that, we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus, okay, we can, this is what we can do. And we are going to, we are going to go off of what we can do. And we're going to keep building off of that. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it's always like, I, like, I know what I can't do. I'm, I'm well aware of that, but yeah. have someone, you know, like yourself in a, a position of, of being like a PE teacher um, to show me like, okay, you can't do this, but here's what you can do to participate with everybody else is, um, Really awesome, really great. So you are an inclusion facilitator with NJCIE. Uh, can you share with us uh, what are some of your responsibilities in that role and what are you most looking forward to um, with this position? So my role for inclusion facilitator is I get to work with individual schools on different topics that they have applied for. So it can be co-teaching or building inclusive environments. And we work one-on-one -on -one with each school on doing observations, going through training, and really helping them create these more inclusive environments for things that they feel that their schools need. And then on the systemic change side of it, it's a three-year program right now and we really look at the data that's in the school so what are percentages that students are with their general education peers and how many students are out of district and we try to really change where numbers are and how can we create these more inclusive environments but really working individually with each school I think one of the fun parts is that I've been involved in inclusive education and I've loved to work with kids with disabilities and how can we get them more involved in what is a typical school day in general education classes. And that's what I get to do is every day I get to work up. It's something different. Each school has their own different needs and we get to be creative and find, okay, this works for here, but it may not work here. And how can we change it? And that's, we're learning constantly as we're go going through and working with each school. So I just love being able to share my background and working with people to achieve something that's a greater good for everybody that's involved. Yes, I, um, I, I love what you said that it's, um, you know, it's like it, this, that, that position allows you to um, be creative because every setting is different. You know, you're going into these different schools and like you said, something that might work over here doesn't work over there. Um, you know, so you have to think of, you know, a different way to approach, you know, what might be a same, uh, a similar uh, topic or a similar challenge that the school is facing, but because of each school having its own unique um, people and, um, you know, set of circumstances there, it's, um, you know, you have to approach it differently and, and you can, uh, you know, forces you to be creative to come up with uh, different solutions for every for every uh, school, every setting that you're that you're in. So that's really uh, that's cool. So it's like a new uh, like every day is a new a new day. Like so, you get to yeah. <laughs> try something. Yeah, you're on your toes a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh, well, Lauren, thank you so much for um, joining me for this conversation to share your uh, story and your experience um, and to shed light on the world of uh, physical education as it applies to uh, inclusive education, because it's um, a topic, like I said, I've been doing this podcast for two years now, and we have not really uh, talked about that. And it's, um, again, it's so important because it is part of the school day for for all students and um you know and and i love the suggestions that you gave about uh for the modifications that can be done because it's not um it, it's not costing a lot of money or any money at all to do those things <laughs> that you said yeah. uh, you know it's just purchasing different balls like you said instead of using a, a soccer ball you get a beach ball um yeah. You know, and if you get the right deal, you might be able to get a couple beach balls, you know, and, and the same back. Exactly. So, <laughs> <save you some laughs> <some money. laughs> so, exactly. Yes. So I um, thank you again for uh, this conversation. And uh, it was great to meet you virtually. And um, I will be in touch with you soon. <laughs> of course. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Arthur. It was a great conversation. I'd be happy. Whenever you need me, I'm here. <laughs> great. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, you have a great day. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> we thank you for listening to this episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. This podcast is brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education and JCIE. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at NJCIE. Until next time. <laughs>